Yeah, so I think a person who thinks that they're not ready, one of the key points in being able to really navigate the lifestyle is the ability to be... Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 60. 6-0! That's exciting. That's that's a good number. (laughs) We're Finn and Emma. And today we have an interview with Steak and Tequila. They're another podcast. I think those are pseudonyms. This, yeah. Actually, you said they were. It was Tequila and Steak because well, they always put the girls' names first. We don't need to get into that fight again. Their podcast is officially named Steak and Tequila. It's actually don't. getting into the swing of things with Steak and Tequila. Yes, that's, that's true. The full name, the, the full proper name. name. Yes. But nevertheless, it's an awesome interview. Uh, Check them out after you're done listening to this. They've got lots of awesome tips and tricks about meeting people, how they meet people, which is a little bit different than how a lot of people meet people. That's a lot of people's. Uh, They've got some really funny stories they tell. So, yeah, it's a fun interview. Yeah. I don't think we have much else to say at the beginning here. Not a ton. Just if you are looking to also meet people, two apps that we're promoting and two friends of the show not paid sponsors of the show, but things that we really want to support other startups. One of them is hashtag open. If you want to learn more about them and what they do, check out episode 53. Yep. The other one's Polyfinda. Or Polyfinda, depending on how you pronounce it. (laughs) Some of you, if you're Finns, you're Finn fans. Uh uh Uh, That is episode episode 58 to hear their story and what they're doing. So check them both out and support them and support us. By mm-hmm. telling all your friends about us. You can find us at our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Reach out on the contact page, or contact us page. You can tell us hi, have a question, want to come on the show. Yeah, and uh, also under the resources page are links to both the apps that we just mentioned, as well as some other things that we we believe in. Yeah. So go do that after you listen to this. Yep, let's go to the show. Here we are. Welcome, steak and tequila, to normalizing non-monogamy. Thanks Yay. for warming up with us tonight. Hello, hello. We're happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the for invitation. So, for for anybody who's not familiar, steak and tequila are pseudonyms, I suppose. Do you mind maybe talking a little bit about where they came from and and the meaning behind them, and then we can go into your your story. Oh, this is a great story, actually. Um, So this spans way before we were in the lifestyle. And so we will be married 20 years this year. Wow, congratulations. No, thank you. It's kind of insane. Um, So as we all know, in long-term marriages, there's a certain point in time where things start to feel stale or boring, and you need a way to reconnect. And so we started doing date nights, Friday night date nights at home. And then it started with a like cooking challenge. So we were supposed to have a certain amount of money, like a $20 budget or something like that. And then we would cook each other dinner, alternating every other Friday. And then Mr. Steak made a filet mignon dinner with grilled asparagus, hand cut baked fries with asparagus butter over the steak. And it was the best meal we have ever had. Yeah. And did it so stay now, within budget? Just out of curiosity, was yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe a couple bucks over. Filet, like, isn't really that expensive. Like, I get two of them for, you know, 15, 16 bucks and throw in some asparagus and potatoes there. You're right around, you know, yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah. 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 
So now we've had that same dinner every Friday night for the past, like, seven years. Yeah, yeah. seven years. That is our standard Friday night dinner. And then we'll wow. have tequila cocktails with that. And then in the past, we would play video games, like a challenge, like a drinking game challenge or something. But it was a really fun party night for the two of us. And then Mr. Steak got into DJing. And so then it becomes a dinner and dancing night. Yeah. So. Yeah, the DJing kind of came out of just something else to do on Friday nights. So I, I was love music and electronic music and all that, and got a cheap controller for like kind of entry level type thing. And yeah, then it just became all right. We'll do steak and tequila, and then a little Friday dance party. And now that's blossomed, and now we have a whole crew that we run and throw parties. And our swinger career is out of control. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we don't half-ass things, so uh, kind of all in or all out. So. And it all started with that dinner. <laughs> it did, yeah, yeah. So that's where steak and tequila came up with. And I think we were we got that when we were setting up our Cassidy profile, and we we're trying to think of what the hell to you know what to name our podcast. No, no, no. Our uh, our Cassidy. Oh, name. yeah, yeah. And then I forgot who brought that up but we stumbled upon that and like yeah perfect that fits yep. so there you go <laughs> perfect and and so to clarify steak is mr steak and that's me tequila is mrs tequila mm-hmm. yeah yep. just so we don't have any confusion <laughs> down yeah. the road mrs steak would be a little weird i think so <laughs> <laughs> it could be could be yeah. yeah so you mentioned a few things in there lifestyle cassidy and podcast so it sounds like you guys might be lifestylers with a podcast who meet people on Cassidy. Is that a yep. fair intro? Yeah. So we actually started our podcast. Uh, Which is called Getting Into the Swing of Things with Steak and Tequila. Oh, thank you for that plug. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. All right. Um, but we started that right when we started our lifestyle adventure. So our first episodes are our introduction our first like experience dating, our first swap, all of that kind of stuff. And, and it's all the stuff leading up to it too. So yeah. like our first episode, we hadn't even been on a date yet or anything. We had just kind of started talking to some people and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we started fresh out of the gate. And so, yeah, we talk about Cassidy, which is the uh, site that's best in our region because everyone's lifestyle site is all based per region. And yeah. So then we just chat about, are wild and crazy and sometimes weird adventures. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and the idea came up because we we go on multiple walks a day and you know, we just be walking and talking about things and all that. And we're like, you know, we're gonna forget all this stuff in twenty years. So we might as well we're listening to swap foods back yeah. then. Yeah. And Swinger Diaries. And Swinger Diaries. Yep. So we're listening to those. We're like, might as well do one. You know, obviously I know how to do audio stuff and all that. And it doesn't take a rocket science to scientists to do a podcast. So figure we might as well try our hand at it. And and it's always been for us and just a record of kind of thoughts, feelings, events, all of that stuff. We've never wanted to do any filler type things like, all right, today we're just going to talk about sex toys or today we're going to talk about, you know, whatever it's, it's, it's our life and just a a chronicle of that. So our releases are a little spotty because of that. Well, and and maybe to fill people in then how, how did you two decide to get involved in the lifestyle? Like where did the idea come from in the first place? Oh, that's another great story. So, um, we, kind of did some toe dipping 20 years ago uh, when we were first married. Um, I guess we gave it a real good shot when we lived in Portland yeah. because that's when we went on adult friend finder and set up some dates and whatnot. But it was always just like pillow talk. And I don't know, we've always just kind of been in that realm of kinky and fun. Exactly. And then we decided when we were young to go ahead and give it a shot. And then that first date that we went on was so creepy. The Mm. wife was not there. Well, it wasn't even a wife. It was a girlfriend at that point in time. Um, There was like a 20 year age difference. She was not there consensually. It definitely did not feel like that. It was a bad situation. Yeah. So So we, I said, did that turn you off then for a while? 
Yeah. Yeah. We hightailed it out of there and we're like, yeah, this is probably not going to work out. Yeah. So then that idea was still pillow talk for years and years and years and years. And we had kids. Yeah. And then we had yeah. kids. And then you kept talking about it forever. <laughs> and there was this shift that had to happen in my mind because since we did get married so young, I mean, I was 19 when we got married and he was 21. And I came straight from a super religious family into essentially abandoning that and going into debauchery. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was a good Mormon girl when I met her. So Yeah, very obviously not now. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But there was this shift that had to happen in my mind because for a while it felt like, you know, I had been with him all my life and it was something like a, like something special. And so it took something to really change my perspective that sexuality is not like a gift. It's a part of you, you know? And so then after having all of these conversations, we're like, all right. Enough is enough. Live life to the fullest. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. And then I had a little health scare about three or four years ago, right when we started too. Yeah. Uh, which is all resolved and all that stuff. But then it was just, it turned into the why not mentality. Like, why not? Just live life to your fullest. Yeah. Do it. Have fun. We'll just talk about everything as long as no one's getting hurt. You know, open communication, all of that stuff. Just why not fucking do it? Yeah, it really did come down to our bucket list philosophy. Like, live every day like it's your last. Yeah. Right. And and did your uh, um, tequila side, did your mental shift take place during that health scare where you were able to let go of a lot of the the hangups from the religion side of thing? Or or was, was that a process building up to it? Um, I think it was a process building up to it, but I think that health scare point was a catalyst. And then, so on our Friday night date nights, we would watch porn or whatever. And after swing, yeah, after that health scare, that's where we started to really watch playboy swing and think about the lifestyle more seriously rather than as a fantasy. So then we had all of these conversations on those date nights that really laid the foundation to go ahead and jump into it. Yeah. And so the, 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 the date you went on was, was almost 20 years ago when, when you showed up and the people were creepy and not, not a good fit. It would have been like 2003, 2004, something like that. So yeah, yeah 16, so, 17 years ago. Something well, like that. Pretty close. You were in your mid twenties. Sounds like, so like yeah. that's, that's a we. Yeah. started at that point too. And that's a rough time to try to meet people because a lot of people your age are not in necessarily relationships that are mature enough to handle those conversations. And it's just a difficult time. So I can, totally. I feel for you. Yeah. <laughs> and we say now we're very glad that it didn't go good because we weren't ready. Right. Like, yeah. I was going to yeah. ask, do you think if that date had gone well, you would have jumped into it then, or do you think you still would have? We would have gone down in a fiery ball of flames between the two of us because our our communication between the two of us just sucked then big yeah. time. So, yeah, we we have very different communication styles uh, when it comes to each other. And, uh, yeah, you know, some things happen, and we ended up going through, and this wasn't lifestyle involved or anything. We went through some marriage counseling just to learn how to communicate with each other. And this was in that gap there. And we really learned how to communicate to each other, thoughts and feelings and all that, and listen to each other. So it, it was nice. So we went through that from that gap of that first date through having kids and all that and really dialed in how to talk to each other and listen to each other and communicate and all that. So now it's, you know, we're completely on the same page. There's no problems telling each other like, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this or this or, you know, whatever. Like there's just that open dialogue of everything. So it made that foundation of us that much stronger. And I thought we were super strong when we got started, but now it's even stronger, you know, like literally I'm by her side 24 seven, just like you guys, mm-hmm. we, we work together in the same office at home and party together on the weekends and you know, whatever, like we're by each other's side all the time. So. <laughs> we are. And yeah. it's kind of 
kind of insane. But yeah, our marriage would not have lasted if we had started the lifestyle at that point at all. We absolutely would have been divorced. Yeah. It really did take a long time to build that foundation and learn how to become a super solid team. And then once we had, once we knew that we had that foundation, that made going into the lifestyle that much easier because right. then there wasn't any kind of fear that it would ruin our relationship. We knew at that point that it would only enhance it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious then for people listening that are maybe thinking about getting into this that are saying, well, I haven't gone through counseling and this and that. I must not be ready. I got, how did you know or how did you get to the point where you're like, okay, I think I think we could handle this? Because, uh, you know, there's people who do it successfully that haven't had to take those steps that you did. I guess for anyone that, that is thinking, okay, maybe I'm not ready for this, what, what advice would you throw out there for them in terms of knowing that it's maybe a good time to try it? Well, super funny. I think you can study up as much as you can, and you're never really ready until you get that hands-on experience. So when we first got into it, um, there were some other podcasters. I think it was uh, the Blissbringers. They told us, they're like, you guys have a PhD in swinging because you've listened to so many podcasts and learned all of these things, but you lack the street smarts. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you haven't true. been through it. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it was reading all the books, watching, listening to all the podcasts, uh, watching every season of Playboy Swing, like, and just diving deep into it and kind of having those conversations just as things popped up about, oh, what if this happened? Or, oh, what if this happened? Or whatever, and kind of talking through all that stuff in the beginning while we were trying to set up dates and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I think a person who thinks that they're not ready, one of the key points in being able to really navigate the lifestyle is the ability to be introspective enough and self-aware enough to learn those life lessons and overcome those hurdles when you come across them. Because that's the key point in being able to be successful. Yeah, It's not going to go well every single time. There is going to be a shit show story. There's going to be some weird stuff that you're going to get into with other people because other people tend to be crazy sometimes. But I love that shit. That's like the fun part. Like, I, there's a more part, more fun parts than that. But like... But having I'm, good I'm, stories. I'm, yeah, right. I'm not, exactly. I always get a good story out of it. Like, we've had so many shit show, like, just kind of dates, you know, to go get a drink or whatever, just to see if we mesh. And it's just like, what the fuck was that? And I love that shit. Because <laughs> it's just, then we just look at each other and laugh. And like, our fucking life is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's always entertaining. So, so, so what's, the, that, what's the craziest one you've had? I was just going to ask that. Oh, <laughs> I will definitely say it was the um, unplanned, unexpected orgy that happened after a boudoir shoot. Yeah. 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 So one of my pants-on lifestyle BFS is a photographer, and she wanted to build up her boudoir portfolio. So then um, we've known each other for a few years since we got into the lifestyle, and so our understanding is that we are pants on friends because I feel like if we become really good friends and then we have a sexual relationship, then that could impact the friendship. Yeah. And so I care about her so much that I don't want to jeopardize that at all. So we go into this or I go into this boudoir shoot thinking it's just going to be an, a regular photo shoot. And she has other ladies there too, as models who um, are lifestyle. So the photo shoot goes great. We have some hot photos. And then one of the girls decides to go down on me in bed. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that this was going to happen, but I'm not going to say no. <laughs> and then the other girl happens to be like a good friend of hers, like not family, but close enough to be family. So she is mixed in with this. So now there are three girls in a boudoir shoot getting it on. And then they tell me that they're like, call Mr. Steak and tell him to come and bring all the condoms and all of this stuff. So I call him That's up. a good phone call to get, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
the thing is, like, it's a Sunday afternoon. I dropped her off at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just hanging out, like, with the kids, eating pizza, watching football, all that stuff. And I get a text because I dropped her off because I knew she'd be drinking and all of that. <laughs> so dropped her off. And then uh, I get a message. She's like, come pick me up. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Start driving. And then I get the brink condoms. I'm like, I'm in the car, just like pull over, like what's going on? Like I'm in a hoodie and shorts, and like oh, I powered all day. It's like fuck. So I like Tokyo drifted back home, like shower, get dressed, grab our huge swinger duffel bag, like all this shit. But then in the middle of like getting ready, you said something like one of them's bleeding. Like it was yeah. Uh, so I said be prepared, but be prepared to back out. So. While he is grabbing all of these things to come to the hotel room and the three or the two ladies and I are on this bed, you know, having some fun. The two girls are together and they are fingering each other so violently with long fingernails that one of them gets lacerated (gasps) on the inside of her vagina. And that's when I texted him. I was like, hold up. Uh, be prepared to not do anything because I'm like I'm not about that. <laughs> and she's yeah. drunk, she's busy, so there's like spotty in between text messages. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, <laughs> I just know there's a bunch of girls there, and they said to bring condoms, so that's kind of what <laughs> that's what you're trying to do. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the girl who is bleeding jumps in the shower, gets cleaned up. And then um, the girl who made her bleed gets cleaned up, too. And then Mr. Steak shows up shortly after that. And then the bleeder ends up just, like, jumping on him. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. no introductions, no hellos, anything. Just like, yeah. hey, can I give you a blowjob? Yeah, and it was, like, the most aggressive, like, dry yank with a hand I've ever had. And then she's, like, trying to give me a blowjob, but she's using teeth? And and she's like, what? You don't like toothy blowjobs? I'm like, no, no, not not at all. Like that's not. I think that she tried like four or five times, just like coming back to me, and it's just I, I keep pushing her away, which hurt her feelings. But I wasn't into the teeth. Right. Yeah. So it was tricky to navigate this orgy because then my photographer friend comes back into the room with her husband, and we all have this agreement, you know, that we're pants on. So they're kind of on the outside of the orgy. And then I won't let the other two girls anywhere near my vagina with their fingers because safe move. Yeah. I wouldn't either. (laughs) Like, you know, this is a protected space. You got to treat it well. So I wasn't about to get lacerated. And not only that, I mean, there's now an open wound in one of them. So I'm like, I'm not doing anything with you. I ended up riding one girl's face the entire time that was like during three this, hours. Yeah, yeah, three hours. Just you know, right in her face, hanging out. Yep. I'm like, I'm gonna be a pillow princess tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so it was interesting in trying to navigate all of this weirdness and make it actually a fun experience. And everyone's hammered, and I'm in there stone cold sober, just like <laughs> ah, right. Yeah, it was a little overwhelming. So yeah. So did your yeah. friends that are pants on lifestyle friends? Did they join in at all, or did they just watch? They did. They joined in with the other two girls, and so we were all in the mix. It was kind of like rotating through the other two girls. <laughs> over there, one over there, whatever. So, yeah. Right. So that was totally fine. I don't think that crossed any boundaries for us at all because we are, you know, lifestyle BFFs. So it was an experience where we were able to share a sexual experience without it impacting our relationship. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's crazy. So, <laughs> so, yeah, we have a whole like hour long podcast that goes into more detail on it. Yeah, too. yeah. So, maybe, maybe then now that we freaked everybody out, are not, not all of your, uh, all of your encounters don't go quite that wild, I would assume. Only no, like 50%. not all of them. <laughs> yeah. Actually, probably 50%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely be the weirdest. Um, but we've definitely had like some super hot experiences for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. So probably our friends with benefits. That was one of the hottest experiences. Yeah. Um, so usually when we 
play with other people, we're in the mindset of we're going to play once. And if it's great, then we'll be open to playing again. Just to kind of make sure that that sexual chemistry is there. Yeah. Which is totally different than a lot of other people in the lifestyle because they put friendship first. And then they go into a sexual relationship. And we started out that way. The sex was terrible. Yeah. And it was such an a weird, awkward experience to, like, pull out of that friendship. Because then it was like, uh, okay. Yeah. How do we do this? Yeah, that's, but, that's what I was going to ask. Because you, you said you guys became really good friends and you didn't want the sex to impact that. So I, I was curious, do you, it sounds like your strategy is fuck right away and then figure out if there's a friendship compatibility or something else beyond that, I guess. Yeah. Could, could you elaborate yep. on that now that I cut you off? Yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, no, that is totally our strategy because it is really difficult to navigate a friendship with terrible sexual chemistry. And so we have tons of friends already. We have really great vanilla friends. Yeah. We're not in the mindset that we're in the lifestyle to make a lot more pants on friends. We're in the lifestyle to have sexual experiences together. And personally, I hate the word lifestyle because it's not like to us. It's a, to me, I guess it, 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 it's more a hobby. You know what I mean? It's not like I live and breathe this and you know, like, right. Like, like marathoning is a lifestyle or, you know, doing meth is a lifestyle or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's nothing that defines us or, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 No, swinging is not our identity yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, so I suppose that's where some people go into a friendship first because it is part of their circles they're part of their identity so for us it's it's a hobby and we want to make sure the sex is really great and so we go on a date and if there is chemistry at the table with everyone and we're having a great time then we're totally down to hit the hotel room and see how it goes from there and we've had experiences where it's been like okay well that was fun but that was really kind of average sex i don't really want to do it again even though it would have been fun for drinks and then there are people where they are super fun at the table and then they are super, super fucking fun in the bedroom. Yeah. And then those are the people that we want to keep really close. And they are rare gems, really. They are. Yeah. And so we have a couple who has, you know, passed all the gauntlet exactly. of our criteria and they became our friends with benefits. And those nights are the so yeah. hot. Yeah. <laughs> So you, so you are open to the let's have an awesome friendship, but it's got to be built for you. It's built on a pillar of good sex for oh. for these types of friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there are times that we'll go out for a cocktail date and we'll realize that there's no real sexual chemistry at the table. And we are totally fine with having them as pants on lifestyle friends. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 I think that's a great approach, actually, because finding chemistry among two people is hard. Four people is even harder. And I think it's you you don't realize how important it is until you find people that you have really good chemistry with. And then you're like, oh, wow, maybe those other experiences, well, they were fun. They were not quite the same. Exactly. Yeah. Because like our first experience, we had met a local couple here and then we just uh tequila went on like a camping trip up in montana so she was gone for like a month it took like six months for our first date to like actually happen and there was a lot of chatting and lead up and all that and it was horrible that was our first episode it ended in another bloody mess Uh, (laughs) it is 50 percent right exactly yeah and then we just jetted the fuck out of there after it. And it was just like, oh, because it was one of those things where we became friends and the sex was horrible and like never want to do it again. So it's been, you know, over these what three, four years or it's just kind of this constant evolve where we're at now. And we kind of have the right cadence to to vet people and all that. So like I'm on Tinder and uh, Bumble and all that. So, you know, I'll look for people tequila will look for people and all that and then we kind of have this thing where it's like we'll kind of have some 
surface level chat with these people and then, you know, show each other like, hey, talking with this person, blah, 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 blah. Do you want to move it to kick? And then we'll bring in the other one and then go from there. So, yeah. Yeah. And so do you, do you, you try to move it pretty quick to maybe an in-person meeting. You don't spend weeks and weeks going back and forth for that same reason. Then you invested a bunch of time and found it was a bust. And and it all depends on timing too. Like, you know, with jobs and kids and all that stuff, sometimes it's hard to, you know, get uh, schedules synced up and all that. So, but we try to move it pretty quick. So it's just not pen pals because then they become too good of friends to miss tequila after, <laughs> after too much chatting. And then it like kind of shuts that door sometimes. So, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned then too, you guys meet people. Obviously, it sounds like not just Cassidy, but you do you meet people individually on other platforms like Tinder, Bumble, or is it finding people individually and then bringing it to a group situation? Yeah, find people individually and then bring them to a group. Like we've tried the the solo stuff. Like I travel quite a bit for business and all that. So like you know, I've had. Uh, solo experiences and then same with tequila and it it's just not as fun like sure it was a good time or whatever but it's there's so much that's like missing because half the fun is watching you have fun and all of that so it it just didn't seem the same like i always thought it'd be super hot to do but then in actuality when it actually happens just like eh. yeah yeah yeah, and so even though we're on Tinder and Bumble and Field individually, our profiles are very clearly stating that we're looking for group experiences. Yeah. And so we have pictures of both of us and all of that kind of stuff. So he'll connect with women. I have my profiles set to connect with women because it's easier to find non-monogamous people through women on those kind of platforms. Mm-hmm. And so we have... Cassidy, Tinder, Bumble, Field, and we all filter through that and then go on dates that way and have a group conversation on Kick too, just to make sure everyone has something to talk about. And then, yeah, then we go to the date. Yeah. It's a lot to manage. It is. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Part time job. (laughs) But yeah, I guess you might, you you touched on it briefly, but elaborating a little bit on how you use like Bumber and Bumber. Bumble and Tinder to meet people that are non-monogamous because I don't, I've not spent any time on there and I don't know, is it full of people looking for this type of thing or is it just horny people looking for something? It's, it's just horny people looking for something and it's definitely a numbers game, you know, especially on my end when, you know, I'm set up as a male looking for female, you know, on the apps not a lot of them are looking for that, you know, maybe bi or bi curious or whatever, like looking for the situation. So it's a lot more effective on tequila's end uh, than on mine, but I'm always in the cast a wide net type thing. And like, <laughs> you know, I'll chat with anyone, have drinks with anyone, you know, we will whatever. And just kind of, it, it's a numbers game. So Yeah. And I'm a lot more selective about the people that I match with. And so we've had success for sure from matches on Bumble and actually all of them, Bumble Field and Tinder. Our friends with benefits came from Field. Yeah. Yeah. They totally did. Um, Yeah. So it actually works as a like complimentary kind of avenue or vertical. Yeah. It's the sales funnel. Yeah. It is. That's exactly it. And we were talking the other night, like we've had better luck on the apps than we have on Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cassidy's great. You know, it's good for finding about parties and all that stuff. But our, we're talking sales, like our closing ratio, you know, to, to a good experience has been higher on the apps than it has on Cassidy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're on Cassidy all the time, you know. Yeah. So that's good to know. Yeah. Not, not to knock Cassidy at all, but at least for us it's been more successful, you know, the other ways. So. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's good. To, it's a good strategy to have. And one that I don't know that we would have tried if we hadn't just heard it. So something, oh, yeah. something to do. We've talked a little bit about trying some of the dating apps, but it, like you said, it is the effort to try to cast a wide net. And I think that's what people have to remember and not just 
get discouraged if you try, you know, even five or 10 people and get shut down, like just keep trying and and be honest and be honest for what you're looking for. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then also you can't do the apps if you are very concerned about your identity being known because you're going to be matching with people in the vanilla world and people in your circles are going to see that you are out there dating. Especially for me, you know, because it's men looking for women. So, yeah. And so I had an experience where um, one of the house parties that we went to, I ran into a former boss there. And so that was super awkward to begin with. And then we had this conversation, you know, making sure it's not weird to me if it's not weird for you and just kind of patching everything up. And then she let me know that in our previous office, one of the girls found my profile on one of the apps and at happy hour at their office, happy hour, passed the phone around and had a nice little gossip session about that. And so now we know that everybody knows what we're up to. And it was fine because we knew that that was a possibility getting on there to begin with. And we're kind of in the mindset of like, we really don't give a shit. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But that is a very real possibility for people who do care. Yeah. yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Cause I was just going to ask you, um, do you, a lot of your vanilla friends all know too? Yeah. We actually came out to pretty much everybody who matters. Yeah. So especially the, like our DJ crew that we, that we play with because we found that it works really well. So when we're talking about like casting a wide net where there's people that are kind of like, on the fence that we're on the fence about, like, ah, I don't know if it'll be fun or whatever. We just invite them to our shows and our parties. Like, Hey, just, just come over here, throw on the show, you know, this night tickets for five bucks, you know, whatever, just come to the show and come say hi, because we're going to be out. We're going to be there anyways. We're going to see if they can hang and if they'll show up at the same time where we don't have to go out of our way to get all dressed up, ready and you know, all that. And we're already in our element. Um, so we had to come out, there's 10 other DJs kind of in our crew that we run, came out to all of them just so if something was happening, like, oh, you know, tequila's over here talking to this dude, what's going on? So then there's not all these chatter going on between them. Like, fuck, do I tell him or should I tell her because he's over there with him just so it's not weird. So, yeah. We didn't want to create any awkward experiences for our crew. So we let all of them know. And then all of my best friends know they knew right away when we got in the lifestyle, your best friends knew too. And so I personally hate having secrets and living undercover because I feel like that gives other people power to either manipulate or whatever. I just don't like having secrets. I think there's more power in being able to be open and owning what you're doing. And so that happy hour experience was actually a really great example of that because if I had cared, that would have been traumatizing. But since I didn't care and I was already out to the people that mattered, then what the fuck does it matter? Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's a great attitude. Yeah. Have you received pushback from any of those people that you've told? No, they're all jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I yep, suppose no. that's a good reaction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At, at, at least from the guy friends, it's all high fives. You're like, holy fuck, you're lucky. Yep. I have the worst life ever. <laughs> yeah. And all my girlfriends are like, tell us more stories. Right, yeah. Exactly. They want to hear everything. Yeah. They totally do. <laughs> None of them know about the podcast, though. So. Yeah. Our DJ crew does not know about the podcast, but my close circle of friends do know about it. Yeah. So. That we do kind of keep a secret a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> have uh, have the things that you are into evolved over the years? Like what what you what you were looking for on day one versus what you look for today? Definitely realized that uh, Miss Tequila loves the ladies. So <laughs> that's uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there is definitely an evolutionary process that happens in the lifestyle when you gain more experience. And so I would say that there are a couple key points. Um, The biggest one is definitely being able to explore the bisexuality side. And so being married so young and coming out of religion, there was never any kind of mindset where it was like, 
thinking of women as, you know, other sexual opportunities. It was always women were beautiful and I would appreciate women for sure. But then when we started getting in the lifestyle and we were going through profiles, it was really important to me that I thought the other wife was hot. And I'm like, why is it so important to me that I need to think she is hot? And it really just kind of took a duh, dumbass kind of moment. Like, well, it's because you're bi, you idiot. <laughs> so, yeah. So once that really started to kind of sink in and then having those experiences, well, yeah, after the experiences, it was like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely bi. <laughs> yeah. So there was that embracing piece. And then I would say also too the kink aspect kind of evolved a little bit. Yeah. Go so detail, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <going to> <laughs> throw that out there. <laughs> right. So um, another really interesting realization is that um, kinks might not work between us, but they work really well in other swinging situations. And so we have all of the sex toys here at home. And so we've given impact play a shot, you know, with crops and whips and whatever. And it was never really like mind blowing. It was always like, Oh, that's kind of fun, but you know, whatever. I'm not totally into that. And then we go to the club and we had some friends there who had an entire bag of BDSM toys and they had a flogger and all of that. And the wife started flogging me and I was like, oh shit, this is amazing. What the hell's going on? I love this. And so it was really understanding what that kink meant to me and why it was so interesting. Mm -hmm. And then realizing that that's not going to work with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Some people trigger things that other people don't, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm curious on, on Stake's side, and, and this is maybe a more, a more general question, but seeing that happen, like something that you tried didn't work, and then somebody else tried that same thing, and it was fireworks, right? Is, does that trigger any type of jealousy or envy in you, or is it just, no. hey, happy to see her yeah. happy? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what all boils down to. There's never, yeah, it, you know, since we've been in the lifestyle, there's never been an ounce of jealousy or you know anything like that on on my end i just like to see her happy like that's why i've organized gangbangs for her and you know <laughs> things like that where, where there's nothing in it you know for me especially physically than just seeing her having a good time so yeah yeah <laughs> i think i think that's uh, i love hearing that because yeah. i think yeah, it's, it's not as common. It's not, and it's and it's really easy, even if you don't think it's going to happen, right? You, I mean, maybe something as basic as just penetrative sex, right? Like you and your wife are having sex, and yeah, she has an orgasm. That's great. And then you see her with another guy, and it's a totally different orgasm or a totally different experience, and you're like, well, she didn't seem to enjoy it that much with me, and... So maybe it's not the flogging or maybe it's not a specific act, but just the way somebody reacts to you versus the way they react with somebody else can can be tough to swallow. Yeah. L- luckily, I guess for me, uh, Miss Tequila is a mystery wrapped in an enigma that it's taken me, you know, like this long to like fine tune and find all of her sweet spots and, you know, hear those little nuances and how she's breathing and how to mix things up and like i give mad props if anyone else can figure that uh but i think unfortunately i've set the bar very very high uh for other males uh you know that are that we're having sex with and whatnot so it's none of them have been able to to reach that um that's why she likes the females so much more well, I mean, it's a mix for sure, but yeah. So he being together for so long, he knows exactly what to do to make it an amazing experience. And then also because of that history, being together feels like home. So yeah. there's, you know, it's super, it's like we're one. Whereas with other people and swinging experiences, there's not that level of vulnerability and there's still like layers of anxiety that I might have to peel off. And all of that 
definitely makes it harder to have a similar sexual experience. So I might not be able to have an orgasm in every single sexual experience when we're swinging. You've literally had one. I've had one. (laughs) And that's because that person who happens to be one of our friends with benefits had the patience of a goddamn saint. And then like real communication about, you know, what it takes for me to get off in other situations people don't even come close to that. So it's more just about sharing a sexual experience rather than reaching orgasm, which is still amazingly fun for me. Yeah. And I would say in 90% of the times I don't even come either. Yeah. 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 So that's never the, the goal. It's just having fun. You know? Right. And I think that's yeah. a really good point too, because there's so much pressure to reach orgasm, right? And there's so much fun to be had that if, it takes the pressure off and then maybe it happens without even worrying about it. Exactly. Yep. Totally. Yeah. It's a nice bonus if it happens, but you know, and and we tell people that, especially like on my end, like, Hey, you know, I like to go for three hours at a time. So, and we wear a lot of people out that like, can't go that long and hard and intense and all that stuff. I'm like, don't take it personally. It's not, it's not you. So, we kind of let people know that ahead of time. The too. marathon warning. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> but marathoning is a lifestyle. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Along with math. <laughs> but we're not doing math. But we're not doing math. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm proud of that one. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> but I think. I think a question that I thought of when. when when you were saying that, which is not necessarily a question I have personally, but one that could easily be asked is if the best sex you have is with each other, then what is the driver still to keep coming back to it? Cause it's fun. Hey, yeah, it's not your, I'm not asking you. <laughs> it, it's, it's fun. I love all the parts of it's fun. The, the throwing the wide net, the the chatting with random people during the week, the going out for drinks, even if, you know, we know nothing's going to happen, but getting dressed up and just doing it. It's, uh, it, it's our hobby. You know what I mean? Like, like I say, some people golf, we do this, you know, and there's a lot more than, you know, golfing than just, you know, putting it in the hole at the end. There's picking out the clubs and what you're going to wear and are you going to get a cart or are you going to pull, you know, your clubs with you? You know, there's so much that, that goes into the whole activity. It's yeah. not just putting the ball in the hole that, you know, the, the whole thing is, yeah. is fun. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally get it. And, and I, Sorry. I want that's That was the whole point. Was, <laughs> and, and yeah, I think it's, it's important to hear that. And I think it's important for people to hear that even if, you go to dinner and it's a total shit experience or you make it past dinner and then it's an even shittier experience. Like you got to take that and embrace it and have fun with it because there's really no reason not to. You're going home with your partner and you're going to have a fun time no matter what. Maybe you don't have sex that night, but you might have it tomorrow and you can laugh about it and you'll be laughing about it for years. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's the nice thing. Like, like I would say about drinks, like worst case, we're all dressed up, you know, because we, we, like I said, we don't half-ass anything. So when we go out for drinks, we are all decked out, you know, presenting our best selves, all that. Ms. Tequila usually has some fun lingerie on underneath or whatever, you know, thinking something, if something might happen. So worst case, we've had a couple drinks. We just come home and fuck each other's brains out. And, like, that's a great worst-case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> it is. There's nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, Yeah. No. And then on the flip side too, not only is, you know, the getting ready and all of the all encompassing aspects of the lifestyle fun, it's the communication that really keeps us going. So we did take a podcasting hiatus break when life got really crazy and we couldn't keep up with everything. And that was one of the key reasons why I wanted to get back into podcasting is because we were missing that element of exciting conversation and self-development and the debriefs debriefs and all of that kind of stuff. Those are really important aspects to me personally in the lifestyle. Yeah. And and maybe do you have any other tips for people that you, you said you went through some counseling to learn each other's the way to communicate to each other, but 
maybe something that you recommend to people that are trying to figure out that communication, not, not that you're psychologists or anything, but that you have a, you've, you've had some practice and yeah. Have these conversations sober on like a Tuesday at two o'clock in the afternoon and see how it feels. You know, that's, that's a big thing, you know, because like I said, a lot of it was, pillow talk for years, you know, drunk at two o'clock in the morning on a Friday night. And it sounds great. Then have those conversations during the day when you guys are completely sober and you know, whatever, and, and see how that feels and see if you still think the same thing then. I think that's my bit of advice for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think there is a level of just being willing to go with the flow is another important piece. So that's one of the key pieces that we learned in our counseling is not only our communication skills together, but really it was the teamwork aspect. And for me, that teamwork aspect not only included, you know, how we work together, but it's how I worked with myself in different environments. So if I felt insecure or unstable in anything, it's easy to have an increased spike in anxiety. Mm -hmm. The entire lifestyle is nothing but unpredictability. So (laughs) learning those, you know, life balancing skills and going with the flow was crucial. Yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah, I think those are great tips too. Um, You know, you mentioned you took a break from the podcast. Has there been a point where you have both considered pulling back from the lifestyle altogether? Um, we did pull back when we were on our podcast hiatus too. Mm-hmm. So we took, it was a nine month break between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and I think that break was actually really important because leading up to it, the lifestyle itself felt really overwhelming and that it was taking up too much of our life. And then the podcast did too. And it just felt like there was a lot of pressure and a lot of bullshit. Yeah. And then the, the DJ stuff was taking off and just work stuff and all that. And just became too much. And that was kind of our, our thing when we started with the podcast was that I said, if it feels like work, I'm not going to do it. Like doing it just for us. This isn't a job. We're not, you know, we don't have a Patreon. We're not trying to make money. We're not, you know, selling ads or anything like that. The minute that this seems like work or a bunch of bullshit stuff pops up in the lifestyle, which happened then, there was this whole messy shit going on with another couple or a couple couples and all that stuff. And like that was just pissing me off. And then the the podcast stuff started to seem like work because we used to have like a great website that we kept updated and on Sex Talk Tuesdays every Tuesday. And there was just like so much on it that it just seemed like work. And I was just like, no, I'm done. Like, we're taking a break for a while. Like, this isn't... It's not, not that anymore. Exactly, yeah. And that break was great because I think it... it and it was never a predetermined, like, okay, we're going to take a break for this long or whatever. It was just like, we're breaking and that's it. Then we went out with our normal lives, which was fine. And we still had our Friday night date nights and all that stuff. Nothing had changed between the two of us. And then things sort of like calm back down all that. I'm like, all right, let's get back into it. And I think really after this, after that break is where we've really kind of found our stride and yep. had the most fun with it. Like we we're kind of just able to analyze what we like, what we don't like, the cadence of communication with other people and figuring, you know, all these things out. And then since the break, we've had nothing but great fun experiences and all that. There hasn't been any, like Miss Tequila likes to call bags of flour. They, they used to be, you know, we'd have a bad experience or something weird would happen. And it'd be like someone drops a bag of flour and she has to wait for all the flour to settle. And it would take sometimes weeks to like process through all of this stuff. And that none of that has happened since this break. Yeah. Now that break was really important because I think it helped us find balance. And then when we came back, yeah, we definitely learned all of those life lessons on, yeah, not only what we wanted, but how to deal with that. So that whole bag of flour analogy is just the process of processing your feelings when things don't go great. And we've had some weird, weird shit go on like that orgy. 
And there is no yeah. strange feelings to sort through after that. It was really getting our stride in having great times. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's again awesome advice. And I think when people first get into this, and and I know we did this a little bit, like you you go 150% and you think you have to meet everybody who talks to you because there will never be another one. And we have to go do this and we have to go do that because what if it never happens again? And then you step back and you take a little break and you're like, no, no, no. There's there's a basically an infinite supply of people always coming in and out. You don't have to deal with all the crazy. Like you deal with it a little. But you yeah. don't have to deal with <laughs> well, it all the time. That's fun. I like that. I like yeah. dealing yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the, the crazy ones are the best in bed, so. <laughs> a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, I know, I don't have anything to follow that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, this has been. <laughs> well, do I hope I'm crazy now? I guess. <laughs> We're all a little bit crazy. <laughs> I think everyone, yes. Everyone has their little bit of crazy, a little bit of weird. It's it's just human nature. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I, I think one of the questions we always like to ask towards the end is a is a blooper. You kind of they already answered that. Well, they've shared a few, but I mean, there's got to be one more that's oh okay. This one's this one's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we have a local like uh, Mexican restaurant that we go meet people for. Oh, another, another pro tip: don't eat Mexican food before you're going to go swing. That, that has nothing to do with this, but we meet there for margaritas. You know, I judge people if they're going to be ordering nachos when they're there for a date or you know whatever. Don't do that. Eat ahead of time. Just go for drinks. Um, so I digress. So it was a couple that we had met on Reddit. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> so a couple we met on Reddit uh, lived in the the big city about an hour away. Knew about the podcast, you know, all this stuff. Um, they seemed cute and fun enough. Like, hey, you know, come on up for drinks, all that. Let's let's chat. It was the first time we had done kind of one of these in-person, just little, like, dates, you know, with a precursor of the hotel if things go right. And so we were trying to figure out a signal of, you know, the, the way to communicate to each other if we were into it or not. Um <laughs> And yeah, I know, but, but so we decided that it was going to be, and I forgot what it was like a couple taps on the leg was supposed to be a no, three no, taps three on the leg. Taps. Three it's taps. It's supposed to be like SOS. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Three, three <laughs> taps on the leg was supposed to be SOS. I was drinking. We've been chatting for a long time. I thought things were going pretty well. He was chatty. She was quiet. I had a bunch of tequila in me. I was all horned up, you know, all of that. And then we got to the end of it, and, you know, before they had kind of asked, I had gotten the three taps from Miss Tequila under the table. And they're like, so what do you guys think? Do you want to go grab a hotel? Or actually, you know what? Our kids were gone, so we were going to bring them back to our place and play music and all that. We had the house to ourselves that night. And I was like, yep, we have a little signal that we have underneath the table, and it's three taps if she wants to do it, so... Let's go. Let's go over to our place. <laughs> and I get this death stare from Miss Tequila. And we're like walking out to the car. She's like, motherfucker, three taps meant SOS. It meant no. I'm like, oh, fuck. So we're driving. They're following right behind us. All of that. I pull up into the garage. They pull up right behind. Miss Tequila just hightails it into the house. And then I jump out real quick and go to their door and like, Hey, sorry. Uh, I fucked up. I misread the signals. Uh, it's nothing personal, nothing like that. She's just not feeling it. Uh, hope you guys have a good night. Safe drives back home. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Cause they, they were seasoned vets. We're like, cool. You know, no problem at all. Uh, Oh, by the way, you have a tail light out. So just, just to let you know. And I'm a cop, and here's your ticket. Right, exactly. <laughs> like two days later, I didn't change the taillight, and I got pulled over by a cop. And we still had a kick conversation. So I made sure to message him, like, hey, thanks for that. I should have changed it. We, I got a ticket for having a taillight out. So, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, it's always fun okay. when, yeah. when we're the when we're the bearers of our own bad fortune. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because because we never want to take one for a team or you know get in that awkward situation. So it's just kind of like that. I fucked up. I gotta you know. Yeah. I gotta fess. I gotta just go and say. Hey, I mean, you know. good for you for like just coming clean and not trying to push through it and like convince her that oh no, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Like at that point, it wasn't gonna happen, and you just gotta be like, well, sorry, you know. And people who are adults and they're doing this, like, it sucks to be turned down, but I'd rather somebody be honest with me. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do, but it's an important thing to do for everyone. Yeah. Well, I, and now I'm curious though, what, <laughs> what, what is an acceptable food to eat during? Oh, you know a, that we don't eat Mexican either. Why are you fighting with me? Every question I ask tonight, Jesus. I'm not fighting with you. I was answering them. Anyway, good question. I'll, I'll interview you later. Yeah. Oh, you're saying like on a date? Yeah. Yeah. Like if we're going to meet on a date, like what, what is, what is acceptable and unacceptable? It's actually a good tip for people. Uh, food to eat. We never eat, ever. We always eat ahead of time. And yeah. I always make the goddamn steak dinner with asparagus and fries, like, every time before we go on a date. Because we found it's the perfect base of food to have if you're going to be drinking a lot and all of that, where it kind of keeps you in check. Yeah, so we do have our steak dinner at home together instead of having a dinner out yeah. with couples. And so we always stick with drinks with couples. Although I would say the asparagus part may be questionable for many people. Sure. So <laughs> I was just going to ask Valid that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's fine for us. Cause yeah. we've been eating asparagus for seven years exactly. every week. Yeah. So whatever, but other people might be like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> Some tastes a little funky. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, we, maybe yeah. stick to the green beans. Yeah, green beans. Yeah, yeah. But no, we've never had, a dinner like because we usually you know schedule it for eight nine o'clock to meet for drinks you know a little bit later so it's so it's kind of standard that it's not dinner time it's it's just drinks later on yeah and then if you're having a bad experience and it's just drinks it's easier to get out of cocktails than it is an entire dinner right yeah, yeah. right another good pro tip yeah we're <laughs> <laughs> full of them exactly yeah. it's like you guys know what you're doing <laughs> Sometimes trial and error, <laughs> many errors. Exactly. Yeah. Back to your original point, where you got to have some experience under your belt. Like you're going to make those mistakes, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Well, is there anything you want to unload to our listeners before we before we bid you farewell into the polar vortex that is consuming the country? <laughs> Fortunately, we're not that cold. Yeah. But, um no, I think we pretty much covered everything. So if people want to find us, they can find our podcast, A Steak and Tequila. And we're on Twitter, like with you guys, A Steak and Tequila. And then we're on Reddit, A Steak and Tequila. Um, and then we're also on Snapchat, A Steak and Tequila. We have a lot of fun on Snapchat. We do have a lot of fun on Snapchat. I think yeah. we were one of the few podcasters on there, actually. Yeah. And so. Good to know. Yeah. We, will, uh, we will put links to everything in our show notes we still do have a website unlike <laughs> right unlike us <laughs> way to call them out <laughs> trying to get no, even. Like we're, we're either all in or all out like no we're fucking done we're not paying for hosting we're not paying for this <laughs> like everything we like shut down our soundcloud that hosts our podcast like we pulled everything it's like fucking done like all in all out so well, now we're all in again. now we're all in again yeah <laughs> so. Well, we're happy to hear it, and we're happy you guys came on. We had a, a hoot. Yeah, it was yeah. fun yeah. chatting. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we will maybe we'll do it again sometime soon. And until then, we will have a good evening. Thanks, you guys too. Yep. Bye. Welcome back. Nailed it every time you nail it. <laughs> or you do. I'll nail it. Ooh. Text message. Anyway, your turn. What are you, like a goldfish? <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. Your turn. Thank you to Tequila and Steak, as they say here on the podcast, for coming on. Getting into the swing of things with Steak and Tequila. For coming on the show <laughs> and sharing a little bit about yourselves. Not that you don't do that 
on your show. No, but, but it was a, we had a blast chatting. And I'd like to think we got some unique stories. Oh yeah, I think and so some too. unique tips. Mm-hmm. So thank you to them for that. Next week we got a big we got something big happening. Yeah, next week. So first off, it's our one year anniversary from starting our podcast. And do, do, do. woohoo! Yay! So that's really exciting. The to I guess commemorate our celebrate celebrate our one year anniversary. We have an interview with the first ever couple that we interviewed on episode two. So Taylor and Ryan. Yes. So the whole reason this thing exists yeah. because they were willing to come on and do an interview. So we're gonna thank them because they hate it when we thank them. Because <laughs> we thank them all the time. And we're gonna say Check that out. It's a super awesome interview. They've had some major changes oh. in their relationship since we interviewed them yeah, last May. Yeah, that's the reason we did it. It wasn't yeah. just like, hey, guys, how's it going? No. It's like major revelation time. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, while you're thinking about those major revelations, check out the resources page on normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Can you, you say will, that any faster? I could, but they wouldn't understand it then. <laughs> And while you're there, you'll see a way to save $10 off at stdcheck.com. Do that. It supports us, and it supports better testing awareness in the non-monogamy community. Wow. You're talking so fast. That's stdcheck.com. Go check it out on our website, please. It's awesome. And we'll see you in one week for our one-year anniversary. Woohoo! Ciao. Bye, everyone.